Hi everyone, welcome to the 1010 News today. I am the anchor today, Anna. And as always, we have Christine, Kevin, Neil, and uh, Anna. And also we have our newest uh, member, Wesley, today. So welcome to join our section. So today we are gonna to um, having some topic with uh, the Facebook OnlyFans and uh, about the China invasion for Taiwan possibility and Amazon and also uh, the topic of work from home. And that's all. So we are going to start with Neil's article. Hey everyone, uh, so I am Neil. So um, the news I have for you today is called STV files fresh antitrust complaints seeking to break up Facebook. Um, as you probably aware where Facebook has Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp, and they have bought Instagram and WhatsApp. Okay, they, they, were, they weren't originally developed by Facebook. So already, uh, uh, I think a couple of months ago, FTC sent, um, sent files uh, antitrust complaints on Facebook. However, the court judges says there's no obvious number. So uh, the court says no numbers. I want to see more numbers. Now FTC files more numbers with actual facts, like number of people uh, using every day on Facebook and uh, how many third-party access they have been uh, denied. Uh, there are so many things that Facebook done and being seen as FTC is a monopolist. So they continue, they argue that they break the law because they have engaged in anti-competitive acquisition which is Instagram and WhatsApp. And they are, I think sometimes just deny third-party apps access. So other apps cannot use Facebook certain uh, capabilities. So that makes this app really, really hard to survive because Facebook is everywhere, okay? And if, if the FTC file is successful, this will lead to Facebook to have to spin off Instagram and WhatsApp. So it'll be three different platforms, okay? So Facebook said, uh, they believe their acquisition on Instagram and WhatsApp are were being reviewed and very clear a couple of years ago. How can the FTC say, oh no, this is bad, this is bad. And uh, if they do that, all of the company, the business community will think, oh, may, okay, maybe in someday that uh, the FTC is gonna, said, uh, is gonna claim that your acquisition is not valid, this is a monopoly and that no sell is ever final, yeah, which is a pretty good argument. So this is basically about the news that FTC is trying to uh, file a complaint. And my question is, uh, what kind of monopoly you have observed in Taiwan? I, I have one observation anyway. Um, uh, for this monopoly, whether it's a company, it's an app or anything else in Taiwan, uh, do you think it's a monopoly and why? And what is the bright side? What's good about it and what's bad about it, okay? So, um, we have three people to answer each question. So I only pick three people, okay? So the first questions, uh, Wesley and I and Christine. Uh, starting from Wesley, yeah. Give me an example you see a monopoly in Taiwan, yeah. Mm, can I skip? <laughs> skip, no, there's, there's, you can't. There's only three way, uh, you can eliminate or <laughs> no you can't skip me <laughs> i okay, mean maybe, okay you can't think uh christine yeah let me see answer me me hmm. first yeah 
the monopoly in Taiwan, right? Um, wow, wow, this one is really hard. Um, um, I need more time. Okay, Anna, <laughs> you're up. If you don't have an example, I can give you guys one. Yeah, Anna, do you have anything in mind? I don't know at the moment, but I, I should come out after your example. <laughs> Okay, my example is um, our, our company has an HR system. There are many, many HR system in Taiwan, right? Um, and there's, and the 104 job bank is a monopoly. Um, so imagine that you, you, you submit your resume on 104 job bank, right? The, the, the platform does not provide any connectivity to any other platform, okay? You cannot access a platform except the, uh, you use a user, log in and download the resume. So they want they want you to stick on the platform, okay? So you cannot, so like many of the HR platform, not just for our company, for other different companies, they have their HR system and they have their own recruiting website, right? They don't want to use 104, but, but sometimes they want to because sometimes they want a part-time job worker, uh, but for the high top management position, they won't post it on 104, right? So there's the recruiting side, there's uh, 104. And they, they're, 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 not, they're unable to get resumes, whole resumes to the HR system because 104 does not allow, no connectivity at all. So they're uh, definitely a monopoly. Uh, no one is using one, a one, 518 job bank. Everybody's using 104. Uh, I think around 10 million people is using 104. So that's my example and we're pretty mad. We're trying to figure out a way to break them. <laughs> Uh, and, and, I, I think of one. I think is, of one. Uh, I think the railway high, uh, not high speed. The the regular railway system in Taiwan is a monopoly. I mean the Gaosu Gonglu. Yeah, I think I think it's only being um, how do you say? Yeah, it's only being owned by one company and also run by only that company. I think I think yeah. railway is the Tianlu, right? Gaosu Gonglu oh, is the high speed. Yeah, yeah, high speed, high speed. Highway, highway, highway. Man. Highway, yeah, sorry. <laughs> the highway, yeah, the highway system in Taiwan. Yeah, that's a, that's a BOT case, and uh, the company is called Yuan so the FTC, or something. Uh, so your car has a, has a something, uh, like an RFID something, you go through a gantry, and it, mm -hmm. it scans how many mile, mile, mileage you, you pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, e -E yeah, Kevin sounds like his sick. A robot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess I can think of one. Yeah. It's the electricity company in Taiwan. Right. So we have Thai Power as our solely main um electricity providers and uh they are suck at uh, pro uh, how is it uh, producing power and they are bu bureaucrats so yeah it's total uh, it's deep it's a total different pictures in in other countries that you can choose from maybe different uh utility companies yeah yeah i feel sometimes i feel we're like a calming country 
common commonest country, you know, like electricity, highway, water, everything. Yeah. Anna, do you have one? Um, I I think about Taiwan. I am not very. I think it's list is not very clear or some something to me. But I I I would like to say about like I think for I think for like uh, I will just want to discuss about the <laughs> the bright side and the dark side uh, from my point of view because I think um the price side actually for monopoly is uh i don't think uh, i would say it's the skills uh the economy of the skills because if lots of they have the more source sometimes they can produce like a higher quality uh service or product so um, it also can actually if they are in a good way they actually lower the maybe the fee uh, a customer need to pay because they have a lot of uh source a lot uh, or they have the better price for their um, product. So uh, in a good way, they can provide a better service and product in a lower price. But I think for the negative side, when they are big enough and they are actually the only player in that market, then if they uh, decide to not lower the price anymore, they want to uh, bring the, the, the price up again, um, uh, customer have no choice then it's the dark side yeah so i guess that so like maybe uh i think uh momo is uh critically uh, is criticized one time because they do a lot of regular discount for the book for the physical book uh well the book alive bookstore they only do like uh 66 percent for one book for a day but uh, but Momo actually, if you um, a certain criteria, they almost do like 0.66 for almost every book. So they have been criticized uh, one time because a lot of uh, like individual bookstore, the small bookstore in the maybe uh, Shida, they try to close the door, their store and accusing that it's because of Momo. I think that might be uh, the potential threat like monopoly because when one day lost smaller competitor, they uh, leave the market and the Momo become the only one player there and they can be the one who decides the price. Yeah, I think we do have a discussion on the monopoly before and uh, it is really interesting because Kevin, Christine and myself, we all love monopoly and um, history has shown to us that uh, eventually the monopolist won't will not raise the price uh, they will they will set the price at a reasonable level otherwise it will there will be a huge uh, complaint from from the consumer and anyway but they already have a large market share so that's uh i think that's uh, the the argument i used last time when i support monopoly <laughs> yeah i think it's efficiency lots of efficiency yeah um so uh, i think only two people uh what's positive and negative when uh, Facebook own both Facebook and Instagram for you as a user um, and as a competitor. So I will pick Kevin and Wesley, just two of you. Yeah. I don't even, I don't use Facebook that much recently. <laughs> so what do you think, is there any gonna, going to be any difference for you as a user, uh, Kevin? I think, yeah, it's, uh, it's better that you don't, you can synchronize like everything uh, through the two, because like, uh, when I was trying to post the Instagram post, I tend to uh, have it synchronized with the Facebook post. So 
yeah, like uh, um, you don't need to, you know, s- spend the time on the sending exactly same post uh, uh, over and over again. Uh, I think at the end, uh, maybe I, I would prefer a tool that you, you can submit through a tool then you can post on all of your SNS network. I think it's uh, it's handy. So I don't really care like uh, whether they they were cross holding each other's share or they are the same company so to the, as a user. Uh, I think it's very user-friendly if we can uh, reduce the hesitation of posting the same content everywhere. Do you, do you open up the, turn on the synchronized functionality when you post something on Facebook, it goes to Instagram? Yeah, I turn it on. Really? Yeah. Really? Because my mom and dad are using Facebook, so I'm not turning that on. <laughs> I don't care. The things I post is very neutral. Oh, okay. So when you post something, it's not neutral, quite negative. P U C T P T T. Yeah, use use your secondary account. <laughs> okay. Well, Wesley, do you enable synchronization, or what do you think as a user? Uh, no, I don't open the synchronization features, and um. I think as a user currently, I don't feel uh, the mo- the monopoly have much effects on my behavior, but uh, I I understand that uh, the monopoly could potentially have some uh, negative effects on the user since everyone is using his platform and you put all your privacy privacy detail on the platform. And the platform is, can actually um, selling them or do whatever they, they want for um uh for your 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 details your your informations and and yeah that's that's the negative uh size of this situation but I as a still as a user I currently don't feel anything about that. Maybe it's, I think maybe it's because currently most of the information uh, of the personal information is solely uh, used for advertisements, right? To targeting, targeting marketing, target marketing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And as a user, I use AdBots on my Chrome, uh, Chrome uh, browsers. So I don't see any uh, ad advertisements in my in my uh, internet so yeah no effect that's great because when there's not one time when i accidentally click on the bra it shows up bra all the time you, like, you sure that is accident yes that's, <laughs> i don't need bra really? and, and why they will have a bra on your uh accident. i click on it accident right? oh what is it Diane? like oh so. Okay. And how how do how do you deal with it? Like, do you have to um, change your personal the uh, personalization in your settings yeah. of the advertisement? Okay. You know, there's a there's a blue button, a blue button, close button. There is a I don't want to see this advertisement anymore. Oh, yeah, that. yeah. So you, okay. you want to train up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and one thing I can share about synchronization is that recently some of my colleagues they turn on synchronization, and usually in, in my in our our office. We use English name. We don't know other people's Chinese name, right? 
So, and there's one day on my Instagram, suddenly there's someone, some guy like called uh, Chen Bo En. It's like, who the hell is this guy? It's like, who is he? And, and I go ask him, why did you change your name? That I did not. And he told me, oh, we ultimately find out that he turned out the synchronization. So on Facebook, he used a Chinese name is synchronized to Instagram. So <laughs> one of the things, yeah. Oh. So um, yeah, great. Uh, so that's my news. And uh, we can move on to the next one, which is from Wesley. Yeah. Okay. So hi. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me again. This is my first time joining this group. And, and my, uh, my news is about this uh, particular uh, website called OnlyFans. And as we dis discussed before this recording, uh, I think uh, Neo is the expert on this, right? Since he have the <laughs> he have the account right now, and um, yeah, I think the OnlyFans is really self-explanatory that you can create contents as a as a creator. You can create content only for your fans and charge them for fees. And I think there's uh, urban legends called uh, the Rule Thirty Thirty Four. I'm not sure if you guys know that rule 34 is that if there is a thing, there must a there must have a point related to the thing. <laughs> yeah, any things. Yeah. So OnlyFans is apparently uh a thing, right? So it it is used uh for those uh creators who who are creating some uh nudities. Uh, contents and some uh, some contents in the gray areas and so so yeah that's uh, turned out to be a very big big things and and people who want to have uh, to, to, to want to have want to buy some or want to look for some nudity things they will go for the only fans and people who want to sell that for for fees will also go to there to become a creator. And yeah, uh, the reasons event is that uh, they, they uh, have announced that uh, they want to shut down the, the uh, I think it's the, uh, not a nudity, but, uh, but some unethical things in their, um, in their platforms and and that is kind of uh, self-destructive buttons they pressed because they mostly uh, rely on these particular revenues, right? So yeah, so that's uh, the backstory of this news. And my two questions is, the first question is, what do you think about this business model for OnlyFans? Like I mentioned, do you think that it's maybe un unethical or maybe a smart move, or you you just simply think that it's profitable, and and why? So I think this is for everyone. Let's start from Neil. I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah. You don't think it's a good idea? Why? <sighs> I mean, for in a economics perspective, this kind of uh, demand is really strict. Uh, I mean, really high, and uh, because uh most of the dudes will, will want to have look for some nudities, right? Okay, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, from my perspective, I think this is a very smart platform. 
um, they design in a way that for you to attract people to follow you, um, not just come ask you to share, but they design a very good mechanism that for fans to follow us, uh, someone they like. And I think this is a, a legal version of Ichi Zibo in Taiwan, right? And Ichi Zibo previously, oh, sorry, is it like, it's not like swag. Swag, swag is actually pornography. <laughs> Um, but I think you 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 must uh, firstly explain what is swag. <laughs> okay, I learned from maybe, Wesley. Maybe not. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. not. Okay. I learned that from I Wesley. Think, yeah. What? I think the the audience will will be searched for that by themselves. Okay. Okay. Just Google S W A G. <laughs> or not. Or not. Use a cognitive. Yeah, use a cognito. Anyway, uh, it, I think <laughs> it's a, it's a legal version, legal version of, of swag or ET, and um, it's a very profitable mar for market. But how, however, I'm I'm surprised that it is legal in UK. So um, I think it's, if it's legal, I think it's I think it, it should be legal. Um, um, well, there, there's a that's a totally different topic where. There, this thing can be legal or not. Um, but I think the demand is always there and I can share with you, I'm working in a cloud environment, right? According to my colleague who work in the hyperscalers, um, okay, the 95% of the Taiwanese market are occupied not by big, big company using cloud, but occupied by something we call 3G, okay? Girl, game and gambling okay these are the three things occupied 95 percent of the cloud usage in taiwan only five percent tsmc media tech foxconn <laughs> only five percent but 95 percent of the businesses running on the cloud are 3g however um however these are not completely legal they have a team they say we're a Malaysia company. All the people are in Malaysia or something. The office is in Malaysia, but they're using uh, the, the software uh, in Tokyo, but it providing service to Taiwan. It gets money from Taiwan as well. Anyway, I, I don't, I, I, to be honest, I never use the service. I don't know how it works, but I think it's a very, very profitable business. Very, very profitable. I can, as, as far as I, I know, I can share it. So, um, and I don't think see the bad thing for it. If it's an actual thing, um, you'll 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 know probably there will be criminal activity. Uh, but you see the the pornography, adult film industry in Japan has thrived. Right? So and there's nothing bad about it. So yeah, um, that's my perspective. Cool. And I think. <laughs> I don't know why, why everyone's awkward since I, I asked Neil before that if there's a limit about the, the topic for, for this group and he said no. <laughs> so, yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah, okay. So don't be shy, one. come on, Kevin, tell us. <laughs> yeah, I'm embracing the freedom of press. Um, uh, business model-wise, it's, it's clever. Uh, it's as far as it's, it's legal. Uh, I think it's generating a big profit because that's a that's a concrete need in the world. Like the, um, despite of its legal status, 
um, and the reason why they want to withdraw themselves from this adult business, uh, I think it's it's also valid because uh, for for uh, the pay like a pay payment company uh, Mastercard Visa, they they still need to um, need to care about the other industries because they are more like an intermediate. And uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's very reasonable that uh, that if you want to go to this kind of the uh, well high profit. Uh, business, then uh, there will always be something to stop you, whether it's from the legal department or it's from like third party like uh, company. Like. Um, so I would say that it's um, the by the fact that the adult industry or uh, this OnlyFans uh, platform, they are operating in a very high risk business. And uh, yeah, it's growing. It's certainly going to grow a lot, but uh, it will stop in like a uh, because of some reason uh, unexpected. Yeah, high risk, high, high return, right? Cool. So next one, we move on to Christy. Yeah, I think it's, it's a smart business model <laughs> um, and, and it's profitable as well. Just like Kevin said, it's high risk, so the return is also high. And I am not really familiar with this platform because I haven't yeah, used any uh, like uh, similar things of it. So, so yeah, I, I, I am really not um, able to comment a lot on the business model of this, but yeah, I, uh, this is really, really a news to me. It's, <laughs> it's, it's new and I, I believe it will be growing like um, similar things will probably be coming out in the future, and yeah, more of more and more of, of this will be yeah probably be growing, and everyone will be using it probably. So yeah, that's my opinion. Yeah, I think uh, the similar thing will popping out over and over. If uh, one thing is being banned, and people will uh, how to say that uh, people will walk around and. <laughs> find out new ways to do that, right? And how about Anna? What's your point of view? I think um, if we are just talking about business model, I think, yeah, it's a profitable one, but um, but I think because uh, they are putting this new regulation, I, I check because it want to uh, get some investment from outsider. So they are trying to uh, change the phone. So I think they still have, um, I think for, this um this kind of platform if they only want to fix on like their original like nudity uh maybe they have some restrictions though it's profitable but it's uh they have some restrictions so or limitations so that's why they want to uh change the way even though uh it if uh, there is some criticism and uh, there is some concern that original audience will change the platform, but I think uh, there is still a reason. Of course, I think um, those sometimes those um, ethical thing is the is where that uh, profit will arise because I used to work in a second platforms uh, second uh, second hand ticket platform is actually very profitable so we can know uh, that company either even bother don't need, need the outsider investment they don't want to have the IPO because then itself can earn a lot of a lot of money and they think that's enough and they don't do so so 
back to the topic, yeah, I think it's a very profitable business model. Cool. Mm. And I think my point of view is uh, similar to everyone's. It, I think it's a very smart, uh, uh, clever models uh, because it apparently grasped, grasped the, the very firm and very high demanding needs of people. But uh, yeah, they still have some obstacles needed, needed to be overcome. Uh, I, I think that is also linking to the next question I want to ask is that um, if you don't re regulate anything, of course, there will be a lot of maybe unethical, but highly demanding things happens. But um, um, I mean, if you want to uh, regulate those things, uh, those things will not just disappear, right? And they will maybe find some new ways, but but more shady and more unregulated. So maybe more violence. So for example, like uh, if you don't regulate anything, I mean, if you don't regulate anything about uh, those unethical things that uh, the most most of the those things popping out might be just nudity or maybe some uh, usual points. But if you're trying to uh, restrict that, and people will go underground and it will have a lot of uh, weird and really terrible, very violent things happen popping out. So my, my second question is related to that is um, if you are the, the maybe the compliance teams of OnlyFans or maybe you are the uh, authorities towards that, uh, what will you do to, to somewhat regulated, but not that it goes totally underground so that you can, uh, you, you will not uh, fully grasping the, uh, how do say that, terribleness of this. I think maybe we just uh, pick two and if other people want to jump in, please, please do. And I will pick Neil and Kevin. So let's start from Neil. If I'm in charge of OnlyFans compliance department of the authority, yeah, I what what what, what I do, of course, um, this should never. Well, what I do, um, um, I probably put some kind of a restriction on 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 age. Yeah, because it sounds age. like that anybody can just simply sign up and use a credit card or to give money to the, 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 the these women. Um, and I think if you're adults, you have you're making your money. It's your freedom to spend on it anywhere. So um, I'll probably focus on the age first. If you're less than twenty years old, um, probably we will have to evaluate you before you actually use the money. You can just give you content. And the second thing is the content itself. Um, it, it, it can be about abuse. It, it should be only about, this is hard. This is hard. Um, this is really hard. Uh, but anyway, just to tell your creators that if you do this, you will be, will kick you off. And there's no other platform that you can use to have so many subscribers to give you money. So make sure don't use any abuse or anything about children or yeah, just, 
general general pornography should be okay. Adult content should be okay. So that's the two things that we'll put: um, the age limit and the uh, the content. Nice. Uh, how about Kevin? Um, if I'm the company owner, uh, if I'm going to make the profit, then uh, yeah, I would definitely uh, register the server like in the in the in a very free country that uh, say in Europe that uh, pornography or adult content is it's it's okay and uh, to grow a lot of users and meanwhile I don't restrict like the other people to post different stuff on the on the video platform then once I have the user then you can you can easily pivot it because they already maybe they have already topped up some of the money in their account and uh yeah just just suspend the adultery uh, part of the of the of the content, it's uh, it's okay. I may lose a lot of users, but I still have a good base. Um, but if I'm from the authority uh, view, I, I view differently that uh, I think the regulation should like correspond to the to society's needs. Uh, of course, you have to correspond with the legal need, like say setting an age limitation. It's a it's definitely a must. Um, but the others, like uh, if the if the society is okay with this kind of the app and it's not causing a lot of trouble, then I think like uh, it's more like gray area or just, I think the authorities shouldn't, uh, you know, like stop them um, by their its own will. Cool. And I think that is my uh, news. And who's next? Who is next? Kevin. Kevin? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, my news is the next. Uh, the news. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay, great. Okay. Um. So my news is rather not really like reporting something new, but it's more like an editorial. Uh. However, it is like a top five uh, Asia Pacific uh, news in the Financial Times. So it's about Taiwan. Um. The title is Taiwanese shrug of China threat and place their trust in Daddy America. Uh, so basically, this news is talking about like uh, uh, the recent, uh, probably as a Taiwanese, we have a weird that uh, we have a trend that we are saying, uh, Daddy America, like Americans, they will help us uh, on the defense, on, on the vaccination, on everything. So um, like this news is trying to point this out and try to uh, introduce it to the outside um, readers. Um, I think the, the things they are pointed out is pretty interesting. It's so true that uh, it said uh, for the President Tsai Ing-wen, uh, Ing uh, she's not very, uh, um, very, very cared, like so as the society of the possibility of the Chinese invasion to Taiwan. Like uh, we don't really have the awareness that there may be a possible war in the, in the coming days or coming months, coming years. Uh, our national defense, we, yes, we are buying some stuff, but it's not the, not rise to the, uh, the national awareness. But uh, maybe the president is more care about the like the uh, the retirement pension reform, which is more something domestic, and uh, and meanwhile with this kind of the background, um, we are still having a poll showing that thirty nine point six percent of the uh, of the respondents that believe China and Taiwan will head for a military conflict is pretty um, pretty ironic to me as well. Um, that uh, uh, despite the fact that a lot of people are knowing this kind of threat exists and it's climbing uh, from 25% in 2004 to 39.6% this year, 
but still like people uh, including the government don't have a, their the high awareness of a possible military uh, attack and uh, now comes to the u.s part uh, that the in the news it stated that uh the, re the journalists observed that uh since the afghanistan's uh incidents um people are are talking about whether the u.s will protect uh, taiwan or uh what will they do um um and a lot of people like seeing also from the vaccination that they will say, "Ah, Daddy America!" That uh, thanks to the U.S. and Japan for the for helping Taiwanese. Um, if, uh, in general, the whole article are saying that um, the people's awareness of uh, their self defense is very weak, whilst uh, they rely a lot on the the outside support by the U.S. in particular, and um, and well. It's a fact that the youth in Taiwan are uh, having more anti-China sentiment, but uh, it's um, it's not really reflected on the on their awareness to the possible military conflict. So uh, this is the, the current situation that is uh, observed by the uh, by the uh, Financial Times journalist. And I checked the reporter; uh, she's a white person, and I think she adopted in Taiwan. And uh, her news were mainly about the Greater China region and some. Southeast Asian like uh, things. Um, so yeah, I think like uh, this news kind of reflect how a Western person like uh, adopt in Asia, um, like trying to let their UK readers know that uh, uh, what's the situation between uh, Taiwan and China. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, so that's why I want to share this news. And I have only one question. Um, let me just go to my own my question that um, do you concern the possibility of Chinese invasion to Taiwan in coming years? Uh, like stated in the news, uh, why or why not? And I'll pick uh, three people. Uh, I'll pick uh, Neil, Anna, and Christine to answer this. Uh, start from me. Yes, please. I'm always, um, um, I, I do, uh, in, especially in recent years, um, I learned from that from uh, the first thing is I believe they, they're, they're, there is a higher and higher possibility that China will invade Taiwan, and um, and I do I do believe that the more the time uh, as the time goes by in the next five or ten years, um, when we lose semiconductor advantage we don't really get much support from us um and i don't even today i don't believe us will help us even today i, I think i mentioned last time um the the reason why i think china china is probably invading taiwan because um according to uh my friend in, in china they are communist they are Dangyuan, yeah and they told us that the um it's it's very popular uh mindset it's there's only for xi jinping he he really wants to take back Taiwan, because this is the the only and the, the last mission of uh, the Chinese president. So uh, it's really scary. I learned that and it was really scary. And I asked them, hey, do you guys know the consequences of a war or anything? They say they don't, they don't care. The, the most important thing is is the, is the, Tongyi, yeah, the land, the unification. Um, they don't really care about that. They just want to get back. Taiwan. So that's a bit scary for myself because I don't think the previous president has the, they, they say, yeah, we have to take it back. But 
it's they fit, still consider the consequences and everything. Yeah. And the second thing is, I I, I do believe if China invade Taiwan, we don't we're not self-defense. At least I can't. Um, <laughs> we don't really go to the military recently uh, in, for for uh, and uh, we, we completely rely on external support, which is, which is very true. Um, I think, I, I really don't think US will, will help us. And especially um, as TSMC, TSMC is my customer, we're also helping them. They want to, to move to Arizona. And, they, and it's not just a TSMC, okay? Um, if you really deep dive into it, you'll know that's not just TSMC. They want us to move the whole Semicon ecosystem, uh, also for the design house and for the packaging and testing. Uh, there are a couple of companies that they're going going together. It's not just TSMC, so um, they want uh, the, the technology. And the US, uh, the semiconductor giants in the US like Intel, um, Qualcomm, all these companies, they form an alliance without Samsung and TSMC and all other countries, just US companies. They form a, a strategic alliance because they want to take back the semiconductor technologies. And if they have it right now, I don't really think they will care about their freedom or anything of, of Taiwanese people. They will definitely not. Uh, semiconductor is the only thing because they have to sell iPhone. Yeah. So I think, no, uh, yes, they will. The possibility is growing because <laughs> uh, President Tsai is really, really make the whether it's yes, it is uh, right or wrong is hard to determine. But definitely, she's making President Xi, the the Communist Party really really mad about Taiwan. Yeah, and I don't really think there's a necessity to provoke, but I do see that quite amount of time. Yeah. Uh, we really don't need to provoke. I would just say, uh, yeah, we're not part of the. China, that's it. They don't need to provoke. And I, I see many bad interaction between us on Weibo and them on, on Facebook. Very bad. Yeah. That's my plan. How about Anna? Yeah, I think for me, I I always concerned about the possibility that what definitely one day uh, China will invade invade Taiwan. I do hope this belief is that um, just like what Neil said that um, I think every like party or like a country they have a belief of what they need to do in the end or the belief is um, what, what they hold for their own authority. So I do believe no one dare to say they are giving up to take back Taiwan. Of course, on the opposite side, they will always say so. So it depends on our like action and what our ruling party is doing. And that will actually uh, determine the layer response and the possibility of one. And I think that, yeah, so I always thinking what will I do? <laughs> happen to me if one day that the China invade Taiwan. So I think maybe that's why I want to stay in the foreign company. Maybe one day they will, they will try to save me from Taiwan. <laughs> I just think so. I really think so actually. So yeah. So I have not <laughs> no else to say. Yeah, I do believe the possibility. And sometimes uh, um, 
it's just because the um, I think it's just human nature, like just like if you say you want to do something and it's not easy, you get up in the end. So you will just insist. And sometimes some uh, other reasons or other factor will affect your action in the end. So one, okay. one thing I want to add is that I'm um, probably you guys don't know I'm I'm pro unification. Yeah, I'm I'm pro Tony. Under uh, circumstances where Chinese government is a democratic government, uh, I don't think an island like us can survive. Even though we are always talking shit on PTT, saying "Oh fuck you guys," you know. Uh, but is it really 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 hard for an island to survive by ourselves? Uh, but, but I don't really want to go back at the circumstances where it is communism government and no freedom of speech and everything, you know. Um, but if it's a democratic society, China's will be a superpower. And, and I think, um, I don't know, I really don't know, but I think it's a great thing. Yeah, yeah but, but I personally uh, think that just because we are communal, uh, communists, so they want to take Taiwan back. So if they are democratic, they won't do so. So the, the theory <laughs> that Neil hold is just contradictory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's more like uh, the relationship between uh, UK and Australia, right? A very tight relationship, but uh, it's fine. They don't have to come back. They just say, oh, the queen is our queen too. Yeah, that's it. And we live happily ever after two different places. <laughs> but there's still a lot of tight connection. Uh, still, we do have a lot of tight connection with China. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's still there. But I don't really like the current government, <laughs> Chinese government. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the tight connection is what's happening now. Like I'm trading it on like different people interactions. Uh, it's a truth. But yeah, it really depends on our opinion of what we're doing next. And how about Christine? What's your opinion? Okay, um, so I think actually we have discussed this question probably in previous um, several sessions. Yeah, I think we had similar news already um, and, and not just once, probably twice or third, three times. Um, so I do think that um, invasion to Taiwan from China is, is actually inevitably, you know, um, the fact is that um, in this year, the, the uh, you know, the People's Liberation Army is already having like more and more military services around Taiwan's um, like sea area and um, all the near, yeah, the close island um, region. So I think the fact is actually showing um, the truth. So it's not going to be discussed like whether um, there's possibilities because there is always possibility. But I think the um, problem here is the like the form and the style of their invasion. So I think actually China has already invaded uh, like Taiwan in some, some kind of ways. Like um, they're already entering actually their culture and also their like some of their um, thoughts already inside Taiwan. So for example, we are um, not, not we, but actually a lot of um, like younger generation in Taiwan now are listening to China's songs, you know? Yeah, they have, a lot of singers and a lot of cultural like um, TV shows actually entering Taiwan in a really, um, uh, in a way that actually people are not easy to like to found, to find it. So I think um, China will like um, take every effort to invite Taiwan, but probably if they're not going to like start a war, 
start a war, but if they have like much more um, alternatives that are much more peaceful, I would say, then they will take these kind of ways to invade. Because you know, if you we can, um, like if if they can um, ask or not ask, they can just make Taiwanese to like um, agree to be uh, the part a part of China and without a war, then that will be the biggest winner for China because they are going to have more and more wars in the future. Like they still have to face like the United States and also the Europe and a lot of other like big powers in the world. So I think the Taiwan issue is not um, inevitably need to like be uh, handled as a war. So maybe I think China will try any other ways that um, um, they I, I think they will try like every way to invade or probably unite Taiwan. Um, and probably if they have no choice, then then they will end it up a war. But before that, I think yeah, I think um, Taiwan is still safe uh, if yeah, in case of um, saying a war. Yeah, that's my opinion. Mm, great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I second all your idea. I think there's always a, a threat and. Uh, uh, I think the invasion nowadays can come in many different forms, like economic or, or like, uh, like cultural wise. And uh, I think uh, our what our government really need to do it's uh, not just like prepare for a, a hot, you know, weapon war, but uh, maybe to uh, try to find out what our 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 country's future is going to be, and uh, and try to protect the value that uh, our our people should cherish. Um, yeah. Uh, that's my news. Uh, who's okay, I think I, I think I'm the next one. Right. Okay. Uh, so my news for you guys is from The Economist, and the title is um, How American Retailers Have Adapted to the Amazon Effect. So the news is basically about uh, the e-commerce marketplace is more dynamic than the regulators realize. Yeah, the situation um, regarding this. So um, the American uh, consumers are actually recovering early this year after being shocked by yeah, the pandemic situation, as you have all known. And this um, is actually fueled by the vaccination because you know they have really high vaccination rate and also the stimulus checks um, promoted by their government and also their instinctive foolishness, which is um, <clears throat> saying that people are look really possibly to their financial market. But um, however, the enthusiasm now is actually starting to gradually dropping or decreasing. And the retail sales in July were actually already 1.1% lower than in July, I'm sorry, and then that in June. So um, there is this consumer confidence survey made by the University of Michigan is suggesting that shoppers are actually losing more of their swagger in early August because of the Delta variant is um, playing on their nerves while well, like the price has been spiked. And also the supply chain has this kind of box that has sold the enthusiasm for people to buy some products. So um, there is this sense right now that the rate of growth in consumer spreading, um, consumer spending, sorry, is actually returning to a more pedestrian pace, which means um, steady but monotone pace after 18 months of wild up and downs after the pandemic has um, broke out. 
So um, there's a major change of the consumer spending pattern because you um, you probably have all noticed that um, the pattern of the spending has been transformed and the well-known change is that um, the lift in the level of e-commerce has been yeah, um, hugely transformed. So um, the past situation is that in um, 2017 to 2019, the people uh, at that time were all talking about this retail apocalypse or retail Mageddon. So it means that um, the fear uh, of that was um, a steady rise in e-commerce and also um, Amazon's relentless expansion into new products would actually drive the traditional retailers towards extinction. So for example, uh, you know, the camera company Kodak, they actually failed to adapt to the digital photography revolution because, um, yeah, because they cannot really like follow up the, the e-commerce kind of thing. So they eventually went bankrupt. And also there is this company named Sears, uh, if you have heard it before, it is a American company and which has led the rise of suburban shopping culture after the, the second world war. Actually, it also declared bankruptcy in 2018. So this seems like um, possibly there will be more and more large retailers um, going to face the same fate in the future. So um, the pandemic has certainly set up the shift towards e-commerce sales. And um, actually it has already risen um, from 14% of the total in 2018 to 20% this year, which is really, really a huge amount of number. Uh, this is according to JP Morgan. So uh, meanwhile, this industry structure is also starting to look different. So um, Amazon has thrived, as people all know that. Um, its market share of e-commerce already stands at about 40% overall, and it's far higher than that in some categories like books. And um, the shopping centers, like the traditional shopping centers, they have struggle to attract the same numbers of visitors as before, and some even like have defaulted on their debts. However, the health of the non-Amazon retail industry actually looks better than it once did, like in the past. So for example, the market value of American listed retailers is 88% um, higher than um, at the start of 2018, um, where their total net debt burden has been easing since the end of 2019. Yeah, so this is the um, industry's condition. So uh, based on this, there were actually three fightbacks that have been made um, uh, by uh, behind these numbers from uh, some of the big companies. So first, the biggest retailers have embraced the digital world. So um, this week, actually, you know, you all know World Walmart. It is a um, the biggest probably uh, retailer in America, and it has predicted that. Um, their global e-commerce revenues would probably reach 75 billion for the full year, which is about 13% uh, of the firm's total sales. And um, this is because of um, they have made this big push in hybrid types of shopping that involve like online activity, but also harness a source such as um, the online membership. And another company, Target, yeah, it's also a retailer um, company which is also very big in the United States. It has promoted a similar service and also the digital sales. And now it's make up almost a fifth of its total. Okay. And then the second fight back is from the digital only alternative to Amazon. So um, there is this company named Shopify. Um, it has 
seen its share of American online sales reach 9% and its market value soar to $188 billion. And many other digital firms are also operating in this kind of um, niches. From um, There is a company called Instacart, which is in the grocery delivery, to uh, another company called Etsy. And it is in the um, interactive shopping for artisanal goods. Yeah, so this is the second kind of buyback. And the third one is that some brands are taking control of the distribution. So for example, uh, Nike has stopped selling directly on Amazon in 2019. And um, instead, they reaches the consumers through its own apps and platform. And its digital sales rose by two thirds in a year to May to 20% of the total. Yeah, so these are the big companies example and um, the three five backs, um, which has made the current situation of the retail um, industry. So yeah, the conclusion is that um, the re retail drama has actually um, let these companies learn several lessons. So uh, the lessons are like for firms in um, these kind of industries facing digital disruption, the key is actually to experiment and invest. Uh, because before Walmart got succeeded in e-commerce, as I just said, it actually has um, encountered numerous failures and also has raised its capital spending by 40%. So yeah, so um, it is saying in this article that um, the antitrust regulators need to actually stay more up to date because um, even though they're already regulate all the big tech um, as fast as they can, but there is actually growing evidence showing that the e-commerce marketplace is actually much more dynamic um, rather than they have already realized. All right, so this is basically about this news and I'm coming back to my discussion. Uh, so the first question is that, have you been sensing the so-called uh, retail apocalypse and where do you see the future of traditional retailers? And I would like to ask Kevin and Anna and Wesley, so Kevin. Wow, well, uh, it's really difficult. Uh, well, I, I heard of the term and uh, I we have I have discussed this with a bunch of friends that uh, uh, what the retail sector has been like, especially after COVID, uh, because COVID transformed a lot uh, for the digital e-commerce. And um, we saw, a, we, we read a phenomenon called uh, room showing. Uh, that people tend to go to the uh, retail shops and to to check out like a, a latest model of whatever they want to buy and they try it out they think it's okay um, they will buy it online because if they knew that uh, from the same company same model it's definitely the same thing say a, a new iphone if they can find a maybe not a maybe not an iphone android phone they can find some cheaper source online they will just go for a cheaper source um so um and it's a big, uh, it's really, really difficult for a retail industry to survive from that room showing because they still need to pay a lot of rent. Uh, they need to charge people more because they need to pay for rent. So they need bigger uh, profit margin, but the customer doesn't care. They, they just need to care. Okay, I, I, I want to get the, the product I need. Um, so I read uh, that um, how can this kind of retailing business survive? Uh, one of the ways that they, they combine with their online retailing channel. Say, uh, if they have their own online retailing channel and uh, they can set probably like a QR code like uh, alongside with their 
with their uh, brick and mortar shops uh, item, then uh, people can just scan it and go to their online shop. Eventually, they still earn that money. Yeah, and another way is that uh, they can um, uh, they can provide more extra service for the, uh, the brick and mortar shops. Like uh, if you have a sales in shops, you can recommend more, and maybe you can they can have more like a liberty to offer some bundle sales. And for the consumer, maybe they just you know sometimes it's not the very expensive stuff they will because uh, they like the sell sales. They think the sales has spent so much time talking with them, and they think the bundle sales. I uh, cannot easily find a, a very customized bundle sale on the internet, so uh, maybe they will think that ah, it's uh, it's okay. I will buy it here. Uh, yeah, so that's a a two way. I remember, recall that I read that the uh, possible way for a retail industry, but in general, it's really hard. Okay, yeah, I agree. It's, it's so hard for the retailers. So how about Anna? Mm, yeah, I, I think I think also this um, tendency has become clear and clear recently, especially after uh, pandemic. Uh, I think one reason is that um, as the advance of the like different uh, e-commerce platform and different promotion and the people can hear easily. And also, uh, also it's about the delivery, the logistic equipment. Um, so people tend to um, uh, buy things. I, I, I think especially ordinary things on the on online. So I think if they would like to survive as a, um, as physical store, I think that's the question too. Yeah, I think they must be unique and they, are, they need to pay more fix on the experience because originally I want, want to share an article but I then switch. It's about Amazon, why they still want to have the physical store. I think sometimes it's just like some online shop, they want to still have the offline store. Uh, it actually, it just want to reach uh, different customer and also want to connect uh, an overall experience of something. So, yeah, I think this effect do do exist, but uh, how to uh, make use of this situation is something that uh, the the shop owner need to think of this. And I think still some people are happy with uh, this effect, just like um, like some coffee shop. If they are more ordinary and the people are actually happy to just grab a cup of coffee and go, they actually don't need to uh, bother to rent the big place and pay high rent. They can just um, become a ghost kitchen or ghost coffee shop and they order um, takeaway only. And I think uh, there are still also some discussion why some restaurants are not offered dine-in service because they may pay attention that it actually make a little difference on their revenue because uh, for their customer, they may are pretty okay to just take out and eat, but may for some fancy restaurant, I think the most important or valuable part is experience. So they must need to open for dine-in or uh, because they make much bigger impact on them. Yeah, I agree with that too. Yeah, the big uh, the, for the big restaurant. Yeah, how about Wesley? What do you think about this? Yeah, I think uh, I totally agree with the idea that for the retailer, they they have really hard time to to grow in current situation. Um, 
uh, I, I think I have also another example is that I actually I, I do um, gradually uh, start to buying a lot of things online. But from time to time, I always would love to go to some shops to buy things that I need. So uh, one example is that I, I will buy coffee beans from a particular shops that I, I, I used to go. And um, they also selling some uh, coffee making equipment. So uh, there's one time that I asked the, the shop owners that, for example, like how much is this uh, particular things cost? And I, I asked around for a couple of things and the, the owner started to feel annoyed. And she actually explained to me that because a lot of people doing that and that, that is exactly the idea of what Kevin just said. Uh, what is that? The window reviewing? Uh, showrooming. What? Showrooming. Oh, showrooming. Yeah. A lot of people do that. They just uh, seeing uh, things physically and then they will find the cheaper version. I mean, the, the same pro same product, but cheaper online. Right? So, so uh she eventually told me that you don't ask, you don't need to ask me about price. If you really want it, and you can just show me what you uh, saw in the, on the internet, and I will give you that price because I don't want to uh, earn your money from these particular things, and I don't want to make a bad image that uh, I I I charge you even expensive than than online shops so yeah just just yeah let's just do that and yeah i think that is definitely um a big hit for the retailers and what i'm thinking is that uh if we uh i, I think the the idea of retailer is is uh the opposite of e-commerce right and the uh the uh, the big diff uh uh Differences between that is um, uh, they, they sell things and people make decisions. Uh, I mean, where, where people make decisions, either is, is in a physical events or online, right? And I think in the future for the retailers, uh, the, maybe the smart things is to um, make those decisions not online. I mean, uh, I mean, not on the physical events. Like, uh, uh, you you do want some uh, uh, shops, physical shops, uh, because uh, uh, consumers still uh, want to see those products physically, and they want to have the experience. But as a retailer, you don't want your sole solo uh, revenue stream coming from the physical uh, events because uh it's very vulnerable very vulnerable in terms of uh price comparing so yeah maybe you will want to have some transitions towards online because of that okay yeah maybe in the future uh everything will be online and yeah there will be more space because stores are all closing out yeah let's just my imagination. Okay, I think we can move on to the next news already, which is Anna. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think 
today we have very good uh, control of the timing. Yeah, I think I might, my article is actually itself is very simple. I am actually more curious about the uh, everyone's opinion because I am trying to persuade myself uh, for what. So I think the news is just pretty uh, easy. It's just like uh, the remote work may now just um, be uh, prolonged because like in the article, it just say Apple and delay again, like they want their people back until the uh, next year in January due to the Delta variant. And uh, to me, I actually more um, interested about why it's worrying uh, the both because in the article it shared that uh, the company actually sometimes more worry about if people are working from home, like in the United States, it's just more than for 18 months together. So people are actually sometimes uh, disassociated with the company, the organization. So they are actually emotionally and physically disattached to the organization. So it, it may be more easily they want to uh, leave the company for the others or they want to change their career path or um, they are more approachable for other people other uh, the recruiter in other company because now uh, they are doing the online interview so it's sometimes it just bar don't bother to um, make a lot of effort and you can have the chance of interview and you can just uh, do it without uh, much pain and also um, in the article we can see that um, the bosses or the company or HR their concern is that sometimes that um, uh, in because company is an organization, although the employee may think that they are more productive at home, but the the uh, the employer will see people as an organization. So they still need people to cooperate and, and not just like individual contributors. So uh, this sometimes um, everyone is one, but it, uh, it uh, up, um, maybe it's not a very good uh, result. And also um, for people that uh, unbolded in the, in the time of pandemic, uh, they are hard to learn the cultures and uh, they could not uh, develop themselves through apprenticeship. And it actually suffered a lot. Yeah, so uh, the article overall just uh, let us know that um, the remote work in the United States are delaying again. So in total, it may up to two years. So you're worrying about the uh, the both because it seems like uh, more people in the beginning, though they are not accustomed to the work from home, they generally get into it. Maybe they have to buy some uh, application, the work, the uh, station, the chair that fits for remote work, and they are not um, coming back. And also, um, some people that uh, like will only accept hybrid hybrid work style. Um, and a lot of them are reluctant to full um, in-office working experience. And uh, that's the article itself. So um, I bring up this article much because I am those person that prefer um, working in the office, but it's just like, for me, it's just still hybrid. So I want to um, use the standpoint or the view from the both uh, or the employer 
so what's the reason you think like the company are concerned about people uh, working uh, from home? Besides uh, just mentioning the article, they like, afraid that they are disassociated with the company, so they may leave. So um, they will need to replace the people who who originally are more familiar with this task. So they are a friend of the talent trend. So what kind what else the reason you think is the reason that the company want their employee back to the office? So I will ask Neil, Leslie, and Christine. Um uh, true, true. the honest reason, the honest reason why uh, there are times when they want us to, to go back to the office. I think the first thing you mentioned, uh, it's the same, that uh, when we're all staying at home, it's really hard to connect with someone very tightly with, with only line messaging. So when they ask to, us to come back, they're part of the reason why is we don't see each other for a long time, for three months. Uh, I had a I had a lunch with my colleagues today, which, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> it's weird because we don't see each other in a very, very long time. So they want us to come back because uh, even my supervisor asked, called me and said, hey, Neil, are you feel, do you feel left alone? <laughs> what? Left alone? <laughs> no, not at all. I'm doing well. I'm pretty busy every day. Uh, the, the, I think it, it, it's actually true. You know, I, I go out for lunch with Anna every every noon, afternoon um, for, for lunch. Uh, and that stops. I only stay at home. I don't know any colleagues anymore. Although we're still working, but it's still different because I think we are uh, we're uh, people animal. You know, we, we have to interact with people. The second thing is, um, uh, there are times that our boss will think that we are all uh, lazy because the results are pretty bad and they don't really care. Uh, the most obvious reason is that he's in the office, no one is here, you people are freaking sleeping every day, so that's why you should come back to the office, although it doesn't, it's not, it's not like that. Working from home is much, much, much more intensive than working uh, at the office. Like I have conference call, 12 conference call, per day. I was like getting my mind blown. So uh, yeah, the second reason is they think that we're not working. Uh, probably I have the third reason. Um, no, I don't have the third reason. That's think, yeah. Mm, okay, yeah. So Leslie, do you think uh, why both or maybe do you think your, your male, like manager want you back to the office and why? Yeah, uh, I think uh, my manager, uh, my supervisor want us to back to the office because the second reason Neil just mentioned that uh, if he don't, he don't see us uh, in office, he will think that, yeah, we are all being very lazy and not doing our work, and which is true. But although, although we, we don't do works, in the office as well, but at least he can see us around. Yeah, so I think that's the reason why uh, they want to sh they want us to show up. Like uh, like in Chinese, it's called right? <laughs> to show up is a proof of work, but actually not. So uh, although it's illogical, but um, in some cases, uh, 
uh, it happens. Yeah, so actually for me, I'm pretty support the idea of hybrid uh, working styles because uh, it, uh, it, apparently you, you need to trust your employees for what they, what they are going to do and trust them for their work. So uh, you should give them more liberty to choose their working style. So for example, if someone like uh, maybe a developer or maybe a coder, they, they want to uh, live alone and stay at their uh, rooms silently working, is, is better for them, it's, it's okay. And maybe for some other people, they want to, they need to have more interactions with other people. They need to attend to a lot of meetings. They might want to go to the office and see a lot of people. And yeah, I think uh, apart from this pandemic things, uh, we should allow people to choose their working style. Yep. Okay, yeah. So um, then next is Christine. Well, do you think, I know you are not uh, working at the moment, but do you, can you uh, understand or can you see why? Uh, uh, for other reasons, like uh, the manager or supervisor or the company want you be in the office? Um, actually, I, I think my previous manager didn't want us to be back in office and I don't know why. I think <laughs> partly because she was afraid of um, her personal decision will affect the whole company's benefits. So for example, if she um, personally decided to let us go back to the office, but there, there was a person like unfortunately affected by COVID-19 and yeah, being one of the confirmed case, then yeah, it will probably uh, explode it in like the uh, Taiwan's office, the Taipei office, and then yeah, it will become a bigger like problem and it will like um, link to a lot of other like people originally is not really uh, considering this situation, but now uh, these people will all have to be um, linked in and involved in to handle this uh, situation. So I think it still depends on what kind and type of work people are doing. And that will um, depend um, whether the managers would like their employees to be back in the office or not. Because my previous job, Actually, uh, we didn't need to be back to the office because uh, we can all like uh, like handle and um, completed all the tasks online. And my, our manager won't have to like really see if we are doing the work or checking if we are being lazy because she can like only see the, the numbers uh, like after a day. Yeah, after like uh, finishing a, a week, then they, she, she can like tell who is actually being lazy and who is not. So because we have this number kind of thing, so we have to, yeah, fulfill that number. So um, no matter how like we are lazy at home, but we will have like extra hours to actually finish our, our own work. So I think that is because of this situation. So our manager didn't really want us to go back to the office um, in case that her um, upper officers have allowed her to do so. So yeah, I think it still depends on yeah what is the type of the work, and yeah, <laughs> that's that's my experience. But yeah, I think the the reasons that the manager will like the employees to be back to the office is just like Neil and and um, Wesley say maybe um, 
um, the, uh, the manager will still like to see their employees, the employees are like cooperated together and they're um, actually networking together and eat lunch together. So yeah, the team work will probably be finished much more um, like with high efficiency and people are yeah, connected positively, like more, much more happier maybe because they're not being feeling left alone. So yeah, I think that's the only reason I can think of. Okay, yeah, because I, I checked on uh, several articles, it's actually quite interesting what actually among uh, people uh, around the world, actually US, US people, the worker of US, sometimes uh, the opinion also paralyzed. Uh, still a lot of people are uh, keen to walk, uh, walk in the office. I think one of them, uh, part of them are like the, the new generation because they graduate from the time of pandemic. So they actually um, have remote remote class and then join the uh, the workplace, they also remote work. So they don't know about anything about office environment. And sometimes they are lost. They want to know what is the office and how they can learn from their mentor just like side by side. Because I think a lot of things that we only bother to tell people the big things for those smaller things, just like your uh, like habits in your work, the good habit in your work, you could not learn in uh, those like internet section because you don't bother to say what to those new employees. And also I think for some people that they are more, they want to compete in their workplace. They see, they want to also like, like show assistant like instructions like before their supervisor. So they want to go back to the office because uh, they, they don't think they are able to compete uh, when their supervisor are uh, remote. So some of them, uh, they are still some example for that. So um, then I think I will admit to the second question and, and the marathon lot. So what, what do you think is the, your best experience uh, when you are still working in the office? And do you think we are, uh, those companies are uh, able to duplicate this um, good experience for those remote work? Yeah, so maybe uh, Christine, and I don't know if Kevin ever working in an office, <laughs> but I want to listen to Kevin, and then uh, it's Neil. Okay, yeah, I have plenty of experience for this question. So yeah, uh, I have worked in one of the best um, office in my previous job. So we, uh, yeah, they offer a lot of things to us when we were in the office. So for example, the restaurant, so we had three breakfast and lunch and sometimes also dinner yeah and we had um coffee yeah coffee machine so you can make as much as as much coffee as you want in a day yeah and they're pretty pretty like high level kind of for coffee machine and coffee beans and we have um plentiful um you know snacks that you can grab from all the shelves and yeah, we have uh, free air conditioner and which is really cold. <laughs> yeah, like too cold sometimes. And um, actually uh, like even some like like girl things, like yeah, female um, personal things that they, they will offer us actually everything that you will be needed in a day. So um, when we are mm -hmm. um, being like uh, said to be work from home, actually they, they cannot um, duplicate anything from the office. So what they do to uh, like to compensate this, 
situation is that they started to uh, delivery uh, deliver some food to our house. Yeah, and yeah, without without any fee. So it's like because we had free lunch um, back there in the office, so they started to send us lunch box. But it's order from yeah the the restaurant outside. Yeah, so um, I think it's it's really good. Our company has yeah has this kind of um, like uh, benefit to do that for us. But yeah, it's still really not the same. And yeah, we still have a lot of extra co um, like costs for like coffee or <laughs> yeah, and and um, air conditioning, electricity, yeah, and something like that, some things like that. So so yeah, but but still they have a lot of compensate, and also they offer us to go. Uh, more like team built because they have probably have extra money on this. So yeah, we have more budget to do this kind of things. Mm -hmm. That's how my experience. Good to be true. Yeah. How about Kevin? Do you have this experience? I yeah, I I, I had working in office experiences. Uh, and uh, comparing to you know not working in the office so so uh, I think uh, the biggest difference uh, is that uh, uh, you have a very clear idea of this is a working hour and this is not a working hour. It's so clear that you go to an office, maybe you go to another district like a Shini district that you know that you're going to work. It's a it's another boring day and you have tons of things to do. You don't want to go like you have this kind of emotion. But after you know like ah it's uh, off time then then you know that don't you know you don't need to think of anything about your work yeah like uh, if you're not working overtime and you maybe maybe you're out of that senior district you're out of the work office then you have another life i i kind of enjoy that uh, that you know work life balancing or separation uh i think that's the biggest difference uh i don't know what's the feeling of like working at home for if you're working for a big company uh, maybe some people sleep until 10 a.m i don't know but uh, if I'm working for myself, I, I work at home, then uh, yeah, I slept quite late. And sometimes I feel like a bit of guilty if I, you know, too lazy for daytime and I work until like 1 a.m. until like I want to finish something. Otherwise, I'm like risking myself, you know, my life. So yeah, I, I think that's not really healthy, to be honest, that uh, to mix your work and life, you don't really get the chance to have a good rest. Yeah, my experience. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So how about Neil? What's the best part when you're working in the office? No? I don't know how to answer after I listen to our first, uh, <laughs> the first answer. I just don't know how, because it's a different world. <laughs> and, and I think one, one thing that's really interesting about Anna is that you, you said that um, uh, for some people who always try to show off, and trying to grasp the attention of the, the manager. They're they unable to do that anymore and they want to come back to office. Fresh perspective, I never think of that. Wow, yeah, the, when they're at home, they're low performance, they suck. And they and at the end of the day, they're like, oh my God, I, I, I actually, I can't do any of the work and people's gonna find out eventually because I have no help at all. You know, they rely on other people's PowerPoint, there's a copy pass. So many people, yeah, do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, so, so, what was the freaking question? <laughs> What's the best part when you walk in the office? Not just the benefit, maybe just like how you walk with your partner or at the same yeah. time. 
So the best experience um, working in space I've, I've offered to myself is basically air condition and a monitor. Uh, I don't see the difference between uh, between working at home and working at the, the office because my job always requires me to to go to the customer. The, I think the biggest difference is that I'm at the customer or at, I'm at home. That's very different. Um, so working in an office, I do the same thing as working in the, at, at my home. And uh, I don't have the kind of mindset like Kevin, uh, working in an office is working. Um, no, when I'm at the home, I'm 100% fo focused. I wake up at 7 a.m. I start to work, 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 work. And I'm in the office, I'm like, uh, social queen. Hey, how you doing, Anna? What are you doing? What were you wearing today? Oh my God, that looks bad. And I like, keep keep chatting and keep. Hey, it's really uh, eleven o'clock. We should go out for coffee and lunch. And we come back at three three o'clock. Okay, we, I have a meeting. See you guys later. And I ask for someone else and go go to a coffee and come back at, at five. I'm not working at the office at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm always socializing at, at the office. Yeah. So. Um, that's very different. I'm very different experiences because I don't know why. I just don't know why. Uh, probably many, many of the occasions when I'm at the office, people come to me and ask me things. And that leads to conversations. You can't keep getting disrupt, disruption. So, uh, but at home, I can decide. I want to pick up calls from Christine. Yeah, just, just keep ringing. I don't want to pick, it, pick that call up. <laughs> so very different. Uh, I don't have a... The kind of experience like in, in the, what this Christine described, but the air conditioning is free, yeah. How does the company duplicate this remote work time? They do not duplicate, they, they just uh, live with it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, thank you so much uh, for all for this question. Yeah, I think a lot um, uh, the points here is like uh, try to uh, switch your uh, viewpoint from like uh, because people uh, like employee want to want to stay at home, but they don't understand the the view of the the company. And I think for the company, if they uh and to have people uh working at home, so how can they um build the experience that they used to have when they are working remotely is really important. I think Christine's company uh, try, they want to deliver food to your place. At least you uh, will still have parts of uh, that good feeling. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I think that's uh, the end of our uh, today's um, uh, section. So we talk about the monopoly in Taiwan uh, and the bright side of, and the dark side of a monopoly. And if you synchronize your Facebook and Instagram, and um, from Wesley, we are talking about the uh, OnlyFans business model. And if you what you will do if you are the authority in the compliance department, and also Kevin for the possibility for the Chinese invasion to Taiwan, and the question about the uh, the retail retailers of uh, the phenomena and um, what you um, what do you see about the future of the traditional retailer? And the final, we discussed about the remote work and uh, the experience uh, from the uh, point of view of the employer, employer, and also for the employee. And I hope everyone have a fruitful night. And thank you, everyone. Thank you. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. Thank you. Great